You're listening to Connection Church's podcast. Good morning, church. Isn't God good? That's what I'm talking about. I'm excited. I don't know if it's uh, that I'm back preaching or if I drank a 20-ounce Red Bull this morning, but I'm excited. <laughs> Y'all might need to hang on to your seats. Um, I tell you, I just want to celebrate some things. This, this week, I had a time where I just kind of sat back and, and looked at what God's been doing. Oh, man, the six months of, a little over six months of, uh, of just doing, planting this church and being involved in this community, seeing what God's doing. I mean, after, the night, after today, who knows what's going to happen today? But we'll have baptized over 30 people. There's been over 30 people come to the saving faith of Jesus Christ in six months. That's awesome. That's awesome. And as planting this church, I didn't think it was going to be extremely easy, but I didn't think it was going to be as difficult as it has been. But as planting this church has made me realize some things about myself. One is that I am not Superman. I'm not Superman at all. I can't do it all. And, and I tell you, I have extreme... Um, burden that, that everybody be cared for the way I want them to be cared for. I want every person in this church to know that I love you, that I care about you. When you're sick, I want to know about it. When something's going on in your family, I want to be the one praying for you. I want to be the one ministering to you. But I've realized that that's not physically possible. And that's why Connect Group is so important. That's why the, our Connect Group leaders, guys, I love you so much. I thank so much, thank you. I'm so thankful that God has given us, you guys, to lead these connect groups. To, to, that way, you can show the people in your connect group the love of Jesus. You can care for people the way that God has, the way I want our people to be cared for. And I know that, that I, I can't physically do all this on my own. And as we grow, this makes it so much more important. Our connect group leaders are, are loving each of you, caring for each of you that are in our connect groups that are showing you the love of Christ in tangible ways. So for our connect group leaders and our potential connect group leaders, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. And if you've got a connect group leader that's awesome, how about just give them a hand clap right now? So thank you guys so much. Because without you guys investing in your people, we would not be able to accomplish the vision that God's given us as Connection Church. So thank you once again. Before we go any further, let me go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll dive into the text. Uh, Father, today we just thank you so much for the opportunity to come before you. Uh, God, the opportunity to breathe and to have life. Lord, we take so many simple things for granted, God. And today we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for small beginnings. We thank you, God, for just life, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for each person that's here. And God, I just pray that you would just move in this service in a mighty way, Father. I ask God for the Holy Spirit to come upon us in a mighty way, Lord. And God, that, that uh, we can't leave this place without being touched, without being drenched by your presence, God. Speak to us this morning, Lord. God, don't allow any one of us, Lord, myself included, to leave here unless we're different, unless we're changed, unless you've spoken into our hearts. God, because we're all in this together. Lord, I love you and I thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you will, turn to uh, 1 Peter chapter 2. 
That's in between James and 2 Peter. We're kind of just going through 2 Peter verses 1 through 10 every, um, every uh, service the next couple uh, weeks through this series called Built to Last because the church is built to last. God has made the church so it will last, but we have to do our part in that. So I'm going to read through the text, and then we'll break it down and dive on in. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babes crave for spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe this stone is precious, but to those, sorry, now to you who believe this stone is tre- precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And the stone causes people to stumble in a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Man, when I read that last little bit, when I read you but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. When I get to the end of that, when it says, once you were not a people, but now you are, man, that excites me. I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited that God counts me as a, as a part of his people. Amen? I mean, it, it, we, should, we, should be, we should be jacked up every single morning. We get up and we get to, we get to tell people about Jesus. We get to tell people what he's done in our life. We, we should be so excited because of what he's done for us. Why aren't, we, why aren't we excited? Why aren't we just, why aren't we just wide open every day just saying, look what God's done in my life. I'm, I'm living this way. I act this way because of what Jesus has done for me. Why don't we do that? Why are we always quiet? Why do we look like somebody just ran out of our dog every single day? We've got the best news ever, but we act like it's the worst news ever. We've got to be happy, Amen. Jesus said, I, I came so you may have, have life and have it more abundantly. Man, let's be happy in what God's done. Let's be, let's be happy that Jesus is saying in this, look, you belong. Peter's saying, look, you belong. You belong to me. You belong to God. Man, I, I mean, there ain't, there's not a lot of people that'll claim it. You know, some of your family won't claim you. <laughs> or amen, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> we got the same family. 
But the God of the universe says, you belong to me. If you are following me, you belong to me. Man, that's, that's, that's exciting to me. When I read all that scripture, the things that jump out to me is saying that, that we're built into a spiritual house, that we're God's special possession, and that we are the people of God. And we live in a society where so many people struggle with belonging. I don't belong. People are filled with loneliness and despair because they don't feel accepted. And in this, God's saying, if you are my follower, I love you, I care about you, and you belong to me. That should give us some, some courage. That should give us some encouragement to step out and do and be the people he's called us to be. Once we become followers of Christ, we belong to the family of God. And it's just the na nature of, human, of our human, be oh, human beings. I can't... I'm, I'm going too fast. My mind got to slow down. It's just our nature as human beings to want to belong to something. That's why so many teenagers are going down the wrong road because they're wanting to belong to something. They want to feel validated. They want somebody to feel like they approve and accept them. That's why a lot of us make some of the choices we make in life. Sabrina and I just uh, this past week just celebrated our 13th wedding anniversary. Amen. Thank you. And, you know, and, and the whole time we've been married, people have been like, when are you going to join the club? Like, what club are you talking about? <laughs> when when y'all going to have a family? When are you going to join the club? It's like, we're trying. It just ain't working out yet. <laughs> when, when you, and it's, they, everybody's just painting this picture about how awesome it is to, to be parents and, oh, all this great stuff and you won't, you won't have, you won't really be fulfilled until you have a family, until you have kids. And man, it's like, me and Sabrina's like, man, we must be missing out. What's going on? So the moment we say we're pregnant, the moment, we think people's going to be like, oh, that's awesome. You're going to be, you're going to be a part of us. You're going to be in a club of parents. Everybody's like, ha ha. You too. Yeah. Boy, you don't know what you're in for. It's like, what? You just said that it was going to be awesome. That's not how the kingdom of God is. God's not trying to fool you into something that he's going to be like, you're going to wish you never did this. That isn't how God works. But wanting to belong to something is how we all want. We all yearn for that. To belong to something is to be rightly placed in a specific position, to be placed in the right spot to belong, to have the right personal and social qualities, to be a member of a particular group, to be the property of, to belong. So many of us go through life just never feeling like we belong to anything. We may come to church, but if you're not a part of church, you don't feel like you belong. You just drift in and drift out. And you complain because you don't feel like people love you. You don't feel like, like, like the church cares about you because you're really just drifting in and out. You're not really just being concreted in, being a part of the spiritual house. God's called us to be together. Amen? The only way we feel like we belong is we've got to understand that to belong isn't just about us. To belong means we have to accept Christ. We have to 
allow him to belong to me. Therefore, I belong to him. As I was reading this, this text, I, cu I couldn't help. I just couldn't help but go um, back when Peter uh, first realized, re really first realized who Jesus was. You know, Peter was one of the 12 original disciples. He, 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 was, he ate, he drank, he walked with Jesus every single day. But so many of them missed the point of who Jesus was. That tells me, if you can be in the presence of Jesus, in the presence of God every single day and miss the point, whoo, how scary is it to think that we can come to church just once a week on Sunday and get it? Come on. Y'all gonna be quiet on me, gonna make you talk. Y'all come on. But when Peter, it just made me realize some things in, in Matthew 16, verse 13. He says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples, whom, do, whom does the Son of Man say? Who do people say the Son of Man is? I'm dyslexic too. They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He says, but what do you, what about you, he says. Who do you say I am? And then Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. That's an awesome example to me of when we realize who Jesus is. That's when everything changes, amen? When you realize who he is, when he comes, when he's not just, it's not just about going to church, it's not about an activity, it's not about reading, reading some, a book, it's about following a savior that you realize is the Messiah and is the only way you're gonna make it to heaven by following him. That's when true, true life change happens. We've got a generation of people that think they can come to church and just show up and say a sinner's prayer and be baptized and they're glory bound and they're going to bust hell wide open because they're not believing in the true truth and the real truth of the Bible. It's not about just religion. It's about Jesus, amen? It's about following Jesus passionately, wholeheartedly, sold out devotion to Christ. And when we do that, we're being built up into the spiritual house God's called us to be. When Peter looked at him, he really realized who he was, and that's when Jesus told him how he was going to use him. See, we can't be used by God the way God wants us, God, the way he wants to use us until we really surrender to Christ. If not, we're going to make a mess of things. We're going to be doing things in our own ability the way we think they should be done instead of the way God thinks they should be done. That's why so many churches are split and divided because you've got people that are following their own desires instead of God. We've got to be focused on him. If we're not focused on him, we're gonna, we're gonna be, it's going to be a train wreck. It's going to be a train wreck. But when Peter realized who Jesus was, Jesus said, all right, I can use you. And he says, here, Peter, he said, he's going to be the rock. He's going to use Peter to build the church. He's going to use him just to, to, be, to be the instrumental part of building his church. Man, that just speaks to me. 
We can't be used to build a church until we have an accurate view of who Jesus is. Do you have an accurate view of who Jesus is this morning? Is he just that man that hangs on the cross that you see painted everywhere you see? Is he just a man in a book that you read from time to time that you have to brush the dust off of it to be able to see that it says Bible? Who is Jesus to you? Because if he is not your Messiah, he, he is not your everything, then guess what? You're not really following Jesus. You're following people. And it's following to Jesus is where true freedom is. Amen? Once we realize who he is and what he's done with us, what he's done for us, it's just we naturally want to serve him. We naturally want to do things for him. That was for me. When I first realized who Jesus was, it was like the next day, man, what do I need to do? What, what can I do for Jesus? Because I was so thankful for what he had done in my life. I, I remember the old man, and I'm reminded of that old man every day. I said, God, I don't want to forget who I was. Because you forget where you came from, you're going to be a self-righteous, just somebody that's like, oh, look at me. Look how great I am. When you forgot what God brought you from. We can't forget where he brought us from. Because that's what brings us back. That's what anchors us down to, to the reality of who he is. And when I look back at what he's done in my life, I'm shouting happy things, saying, thank you, Jesus, for what you've done in my life. And with that, I can pursue him 100%, just wide open. Why don't you do that? Why don't we do that? A lot of times, the reason we don't pursue God the way he's called us to is because we've lost touch of reality. We've lost touch of who he is. We've lost touch of what he's done for us. We've got to realize that Jesus came and saved us. Without him, we would be nothing. Amen? He, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He deserves us. He deserves us to obey him and follow him and listen to him. One thing I've realized that the church is something... Is, is being a part of something really big. The church is not just this place. The church is not a building. I mean, from when Pentecost happened to right now, that's the church. Millions and millions of people that are following Christ, that is the church. That's brothers and sisters that we have. Man, how awesome is that? We get to be a part. God's called us to be a part of something so much bigger than who we are, so much bigger than our county. I've got brothers and sisters that are in China right now serving God. That's awesome. And I will get to see them one day. How awesome is that? I've got people in Africa right now that are serving God, that is this wide open, sold out to Christ, doing, putting it all on the line for him every single day because they love him. That's awesome to me. How about you guys? Anybody happy about that? Smile a little bit. Come on. But when I think about the whole house, I think about building a spiritual house. Me as a man, I, I go right on to, to what a house looks like. Building a spiritual house, it, start, it all starts with the foundation. The foundation is the most important part of the house. If you build on the wrong foundation, the house won't stand. Amen? And it's the same way in your life and the same way with the church. If we're built on the wrong foundation, it's going to fall. If we're building our life on the wrong foundation, it will not stand the test of time. I'm thinking back to 
to the parable of, of the man that built the house on the rock and one built his hands house on the uh, sand. When, when the storm come, which one stood the test? The one on the rock. The one on the rock. If we build our life on what other people think, on other people's expectations, on the sands of this life, if we build our life on the success of work, if we build our life on what our family thinks, if we build our life on anything other than Jesus Christ, when things come against us, our life is going to fall to pieces. That's why so many people want to commit suicide and just get out of this life because they've got their life built on the wrong things. And unless we have our life built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ, that's when true, true peace happens. That thing of having peace beyond all understanding, when you have your life on the rock of Christ. Man. That's, that's it. When I think about the foundation, the cornerstone, in verses six through eight, he says, for in the scripture, it says, see, I lay a stone in Zion and chose a chosen and precious cornerstone. And the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, this stone, the builder rejected, has become the cornerstone. And a stone that causes people to stumble and the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobeyed the message which is also what they were destined for. So we realize that Jesus is the cornerstone. We just sung about he's the cornerstone. And in those times, the cornerstone was the first, first thing you did. When you were building something, that was the first piece. They went and picked out the perfect, the perfect rock, the perfect at, at the quarry. They went and picked it out and brought it and used it to start off everything when they were building something. If Jesus is not your beginning. If Jesus is not what your whole life is built on, if it is not built on Jesus Christ, then what is it built on? If it's not the cornerstone of your life, if, if you're not being built into the spiritual house, we're not going to be growing unless he is our foundation. Amen? Amen? He's called us to be a spiritual house. And for your life to be built on Jesus, you have to have the right blueprints. Amen? How can we say we are building our life on Jesus Christ when we don't ever read the instruction manual? We don't read God's word. We don't know how we should live because we hadn't read, the, we hadn't read it. It's just, I want to tell you, it's horrible trying to, trying to do something when you're not reading the manual. Men, we got to swallow our pride and read the instructions sometimes. You know what, you know, all this baby stuff has been, been, been showing me all kind of stuff. <laughs> Sabrina orders a baby bed. This thing comes in, and man, it's, it's pretty online, you know, and she gets in. It's in a box about this big. I get this thing out, and it's in a thousand pieces. So I was like, all right, me a man, I don't need no instructions. I start putting it together. About 45 minutes, Sabrina's like, Jeremy, here, use these, please. Read, read this. I swallowed my pride. I looked at that book, and in about 30 minutes, I had the whole thing put together. I had wasted 45 minutes. I had to, tear, I had to take apart everything I put together because it was wrong. 
because I wasn't, I wasn't swallowing my pride and realized that I didn't know that. I, didn't, I wasn't the best, best person to be putting together stuff. If I would have just took time and read the manual, guess what? It would have saved me a lot of time. And there's some of you in here right now, if you'd have took time a long time ago and read this right here, God would have spoke to you and you'd have been a lot further down the road than you are right now. You struggle, you sit there and you fight. You want to, I can do this. I, just, I can do this on my own. I don't need you, God. But you want to come to church every Sunday and paint this picture that you got it all together. If God, if Jesus is your cornerstone, if he is the cornerstone of your life, then you want to read his blueprints. You want to read his instructions. You'll know what pleases him. You want to know what makes him pleased. I want to please God. How about you? I want him to be, I want, when he sees me in the morning, I want to say, look at look at Jeremy. Look what he's doing. Doing just what I told him to do. He's doing just, just what I told him. He's doing that. I want him to say that. Because so many times in my life, he was up there going, Whew. But we've got to realize, we've got to be going, and we've got to be founded in our foundation in him and reading and understanding his word. When we do that, as a spiritual house, we realize our purpose as, as walls begin to go to being built in our own lives. And then as the church begins to grow, people start seeing progress. People start seeing progress. People start seeing that, like it says in the scripture, living stones being stacked upon one another. I love, I'm in construction, surveying, build, you know, laying out buildings and stuff from time to time. I love going and seeing a place it's just flat ground, and you go by months later, and it's a school or something. Just seeing that building being built, that's, that's what I'm thinking. When, when, when people come into a place, when Christ comes into your heart, people should see you as a wasteland. And then when all of a sudden, the next time they see you, there's so much drastic change in your life, they're like, whoa, what just happened there? What's going on with you? And you can tell them what Jesus has done in your life. The problem is, well, a lot of us go to church, and that people don't see a difference in the landscape they see from week to week. If we're not growing, then what are we doing? He said you should be built into a spiritual house. You don't get a house if you just put the base floor down and don't do anything else. You got to keep building. We got to keep growing. It's not about just being getting dunked in water, saying this in his prayer, and that's it. It's about growing closer to the Savior that died for you. Amen? That's what he's called us to be and do. Once we believe in Jesus, we're going to put off our old self, grow in Christ-likeness. The first part of, uh, of chapter 2, he says, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, evil, slander of every kind, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up into your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So what that's telling me is that we should be pursuing holiness, amen? We should be pursuing God. We shouldn't be coming up with those excuses of, well, we're all falling short of the glory of God and trying to justify your sinful actions. We are going to fall. That don't give us the right to do everything we want to do. We've got to pursue God. We should be different than we were yesterday, Amen? And he's saying, rid yourself. He's saying, look, get rid of these things. Those five things I just read. Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, evil, and slander. Those are attitudes. 
Those are things, a lot of, time, a lot of those, those things that come out of your mouth. Lies, gossip. What does God's word say? What's in your heart comes out of your lips. So what you say should be a great litmus test of what's in your heart. And when you say something, you realize, oh, that was not going to please God. You know the next thing you should do? Get on your knees and say, God, forgive me and help rid me of this because I know this don't please you. Not just keep on going. Not just say, well, that's just who I am. Nah, don't play that game. That, may, that aggravates me so much when somebody says, man, well, you were so mean to that person. That's just who I am. They better get over it. No, you better get over yourself. You hear me? I mean, we got to quit playing those games. It ain't about you. It's about God. Amen. I mean, if we are pursuing God, if he is our cornerstone, when that stuff happens, we're going to say, oh, Lord, we're going to say, get behind me, Satan. Amen. We don't want that junk in our life. We want, to, we want our life to project Christ, not myself. Are you being built into that house? When I read that, it's just, it gets me. Why keep on sinning if you have indeed tasted and seen that the Lord is good? It don't make sense. If there's things in my life, if I know I'm living in sin, and I know that what I'm living in right now, what I've got going on in my life right now, if I know that it does not please God, but I continue to live in that, it just shows that I don't love Jesus like I say I do. And I know this is hard. But following Jesus ain't easy. It's surrendering myself. It's surrendering what I want to do. Everything in me wants to go one direction. Well, God is pulling me another direction. And if I love him more than I love myself, I'm going to do those hard things. I'm going to separate myself from things that does not please God. And this is stuff that we don't, people don't preach much in church. But I'm going to tell you, God's called us to be a holy people. He's called us to look different than the world, not to blend in. We're supposed to be building into a spiritual house. When people see you, they should see Jesus. Amen? That's what, I mean, when I first got saved, it was like I realized that the, the, the crowd of people that I was hanging around, was, it, was, it was tearing me down instead of building me up. And I had a decision to make. Do I want to please them or do I want to please God? Well, I pleased God. I took that step and started walking away from those friends. I loved them with all my heart, but they were tearing me down at the time. That, that lifestyle that I was living in that I knew was not right. I had to realize, Jeremy, do you want to live in this lifestyle and not please God or do you want to please him and walk away from that? You know what I had to do? I had to walk away from that. And it was hard. It was the hardest thing I ever had to do. Walk away from everything I ever knew. But looking back, it's the best thing I ever did. Some of the hardest decisions you'll ever make gives God the greatest glory. But it's all about showing Jesus that you love him like you say you do. It's all about showing the world that you love Jesus like you say you do. And as we take those steps of faith, as we, as we begin to say, God, I love you more than the alcohol. God, I love you more than this relationship. God, I love you more than this. When we take those steps away from those things and closer to God, it's showing the world that you love Jesus. It's showing the world like, hey, there must be something to this Jesus stuff because that man, that woman's different. And that's what he's called us to be. As stone by stone is stacked up in our life, people begin to see a wall. People begin to see, hey, there's something to this. God's really changing this man, this woman. As, as we all are changing together, the, the community around us, Jenkins County sees there's something different about those people at Connection Church. 
They really love God. They don't just show up to church on Sunday. They really love me. They tell me they love me. I, man, them people tell me they love me when I'm in the parking lot. I mean, they love me. When we do those things, it shows the world that we really are who we say we are. And the world outside these doors, guys, wants the church to be real. They desire to belong. They want to be a man and woman of God. But the reason they don't is because we're showing them that most of us aren't. A lot of us are worried about our own selves more than we are about Jesus. A lot of us are worried about how we look more than we care about what Jesus looks. I want to tell you something. I don't want to do one thing that's going to make Jesus look bad. A man that gave it all for me, the Savior that came from heaven, died on the cross to save me my sins, I don't want to do one thing that's going to make him look bad. Do you? Our actions speak louder than our words. And as we're being built into this spiritual house, everybody wants to see life change, but it's just hard, guys, because nobody wants to get involved in the work of, doing, of being a part of that life change. And when I think about spiritual growth, spiritual growth is fueled by the appreciation of who God is. When you really understand who God is, it's just going to, you're, going to, you're going to just explode. There's people that have sat on church pews for 50 years and are same, the, the same bitter, mad Christian that they were. You know why? They hadn't took any steps. They hadn't, they, hadn't, they hadn't tried to carve out that stuff that shouldn't be in there. They hadn't been ridding themselves of those things. But when you really realize who Jesus is and what he's done for you, it's like, thank you, Jesus, whatever you want me to do. Whatever you want me to do. I, I, I'm going to use, I didn't tell you I was going to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I can tell such a huge difference in my wife because to begin with, Sabrina was like, when I first, when I, when I first got saved and I was going, she's like, I'm not going to be a preacher's wife. Don't say what you ain't going to do. <laughs> so she, she then eventually now, now she, you know, finally she's like, I'm, I'm, good, I'm good with you going and, and evangelizing, but I, I can't be no pastor's wife. And now she's a pastor's wife. And we were talking the other day and Sabrina made a statement. She said, you know, I could see God calling us to the mission field. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> easy now. Well, what if he calls us overseas? I'm like, hold up, what's happened? But that, that progression in her heart would not have happened unless she really understood who Jesus was. And to see my wife grow, I promised myself I wasn't gonna cry today. To see her grow in her faith with Christ is just so it's, it's awesome because it's right there in my face every single day. It's people around you growing because of the influence you have in their life. Because that's what he's called us to be. He's called us to be lighthouses, spiritual houses. People see the growth in your life and they're like, I want what he's got. I want what she's got. They realize, when we realize we belong to Christ, we want that. We want people that we love. We want people that, that is in our circles of, that we love. We want them to know Jesus Christ, but they're not going to know him unless we show them that we know him. Amen? That we belong. You know, one thing that the church is known for is saying, you know, we need to be pure. 
but he ended up just slapping the people that are failing. And God's called us to walk alongside one another. Amen? There's things a lot of us are going to walk through that's difficult. There's going to be things we walk through that's hard for us to cut loose, but that's what community and that's what belonging to a church is all about. You've got people that walk with you through those hard things. They're not condemning you, but are walking with you through it, saying, you know this isn't right. You know this isn't right, but come, you know, I'm praying for you. I'm helping you through this. That's what we're called to do, right? Not keep shooting each other in the back. Not, not shoot the ones that are wounded, amen? But keep walking with one another. And the thing is, we've got to love one another enough to see each other for who we're growing to be and not who we are right now. We've got to look ahead and see this, they're being built into a spiritual house. They're being made into the man and woman of God, not who they are at this moment. I thank God that people didn't give up on me when I first got saved. Because, Lord, I was hard-headed. But people kept praying. People kept walking. People kept telling me, Jeremy, you need, you need to confess. Belonging to a group of people that you know love you and care about you and would go to war with you, that's what it's all about, amen? God didn't call us to be an island. He didn't call you to be saved and you fight your battles all on your own. That ain't how it happened. That ain't what it's about. He's, he called you to be a part of, of a kingdom of people that are all sold out to Christ, to be together, not an island. When we isolate ourselves from everyone else, it gives the enemy an opportunity to attack us. And, and start talking that junk in our ear. Oh, this isn't real. This isn't going to work for you. Jesus didn't work. It ain't going to work for you. When we're out here by ourselves, we've got to be in the presence of other people that are like-minded, helping push us to Jesus. Amen? That's what belonging to a church is all about. When we grow into this new life, we're growing together. That's what Connect Group, that's what really changed my life. Connect group just made me realize that I've been an island my whole life and now I finally got a group of men and women that love me, that care about me, that are praying for me. Man, that changed me. And it was sad because it took me to have to step out and plant this church to really realize what true community looked like. True community isn't going to the fellowship hall and eating fried chicken. That just ain't it. But a lot of us grew up Southern Baptist and that's, that's, that's it. I mean, I'm, just, I'm a Southern Baptist born and bred boy. When I think about fellowship, we go into the fellowship hall. We're going to eat some fried chicken. There's going to be some macaroni out there. You hear what I'm saying? We're going to eat, and then we're going to go home. But that's not the fellowship that God's talking about. The community with each other, spending time with one another, knowing each other, knowing your struggle. Knowing what's going on with, with you so that not, not so they can be nosy, not so they can throw your junk on the street, but for accountability so that we, we know what's going on. That when I say, look, I, when I look at Lenny, I say, Lenny, I love you and I care about you. He knows that I love him and care about him. When, when there's things going on in people's lives and, and, I, and I know what's going on, I can walk beside him and say, I'm praying for you, brother. Text me and let me know if you need me to do anything else. We spurn one another on to God. That's what community is about. That's what belonging to God's community is all about. Amen? And that's changed my life as a pastor, as a follower of Jesus. Going, belonging to a church is not just a membership. It's not just a name on a roll. It's being involved. It's being a part of something. You know, when I belong to God, when I, when I realize that I really belong to God, I come to him often. 
I want to know that I'm on the right path. I'm in God's word. I'm spending time with him every single day. When I know that I belong to God, do you know you belong to God? Do you know you belong to Jesus? Because if you know that, you're going to be in his word because you want to know this guy Jesus more and more. You want to know what he, what, what he really wants you to do. You want to know what he doesn't like. You're in his word. So that's a good litmus test in your life. Do I know Jesus? If you're not in his word, chances are you really don't know Jesus. You only know of a man you've heard about, not a man you know. And there's a lot of, a lot of us that only, that grow up in a lifestyle, grow up in a, grow up in a, Sometimes we grow up in church just knowing about Jesus and not knowing Jesus. And that's what belonging to a church is all about. Belonging to a community is all about. As people depend on one another. I'm thinking about these living stones being stacked upon one another. I can't do this by myself. It takes me and you and Dallas and Sabrina, and all those being stacked upon one another. God using us, God dealing with us, God molding us, God shaping us all together for us, for the people outside these walls to see that we are really the people God's called us to be. We're not going to make an impact in this world unless people see us as the church. Amen? So people see us as people that are really, really serious about God and that we really belong, not only to God, but to each other. And, you know, I wonder a lot of times why, why we don't experience community in our church. And a lot of reasons we don't experience community is because, really, it's just we don't see the church as a family. We see the church as people we just go to church on Sunday with. We see at a service instead of family that we love, that we support. Man, that's what it's about. The, the, the biggest thing that changed me when we started the core group and everything Stuff started going, I mean, Satan was attacking us pretty hard. It was, we, were, we were giving meals to people every week. I hit a deer on a bicycle. Lord, I mean, what in the world? They had to bring me supper a couple of times. They had to lay hands and pray for me. Kim and, and Rick, I mean, we, we, we took meals to them. She had, she, when she got diagnosed with cancer, man, that just opened my eyes to see the, the, the change that, that brings on your life when you realize people love you and care about you and they're going to they're gonna do whatever it takes to make sure they know you love them. People outside this wants to know that they belong to a body, not just to a service. It's not about this service. It's about showing the love of Jesus every single day. Showing people you love them in relational ways. People are not going to care what you have to say until they know you care about them and love them. And that's how we have to do every single day. Every relationship you have, ask yourself, do they know I love them and I love Jesus? You need to ask yourself that. This afternoon, ask yourself that tomorrow at work. Do they know that? Because if they don't know those two things, you're not going to have any, any influence at all in their life. When I think about us being built upon one another, you know, Peter, he was referred to as the rock. Being a, he was building the rock on him. And, and when I think about a rock, it's raw material. All of us start out fresh. All of us start out raw, but we've got to allow the Holy Spirit to chisel away those rough edges. Amen? We've got to allow him to, to knock those rough, rough edges off. And as he's knocking my rough edges off, he's knocking yours off too. And together, we're all allowing God to prune us, to shape us into the people he's called us to be so that we fit right there where he wants us to be. 
And I think about them, them stacking these stones on top of one another. And as, as, they, as they're being stacked, we're being pruned, we're being, and, and it's, it's shown to be such a beautiful picture to the world of what love, what Jesus looks like. But if he just used any old stone and just put it up there and he didn't knock the edges off of it, it'd be kind of ugly, wouldn't it? When you build your house, you're not going to use just this junk, are you? You're going to use the best stuff that you can afford. You're going to you're you're try to use the best material that you can, that you can get because you take pride on where you live. Well, so does God. And if he lives inside of you, he wants, to, he wants to mold you and shape you into the child of God he's called you to be. You know, when I think about allowing God to chip us and make us and, and, and form us, it really just shows me that it ain't about me, right? It's not about you. God's using you to show the world how awesome he is. So if it's not about me, then why should I care? Why should, it, why should, why should I uh, care about what the music is? Why should I care about the lights? I hear so many things of people saying, you know, I just go to church because I need to get fed. I, I, need, I want to hear the preaching, but I don't want to get involved in nothing. I, I like to go to church because of the lights. Or, or the music, or I like the pretty building. And it's not about any of those things at all. And you're never going to change. You're never going to find that vibrant relationship with God until you let all that stuff go. Until you say, it ain't about me, God. I want to belong to you, and I want to belong to this congregation. I want to be a part of this. I want to be heart and soul with this. I want to know that I have people that love me. I want to know that I have people that care about me. I want to know that I belong. And I want you to know that too. Brick by brick, as I think about that being built up, being brick by brick, adding one on top of the other, you think about that mortar that holds it all together. The mortar that holds it all together is the Holy Spirit. And once that mortar dries, it takes something catastrophic to break it down. And if we're allow, really allowing God to mold us, we're really allowing God to shape us. And as the church, if we're allowing him to, to, to just put the Holy Spirit and we're laying it down and we're putting it in between us as mortar and they're being stacked on top of one another. Peter said, God, Jesus says to Peter, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. There's nothing Satan, there's nothing hell can do to stop his church if we are allowing God to really prune us. If we are really belonging to something bigger than ourselves. If we're, if we're accepting that and, and taking that on one-on-one. If we're allowing each other to prune one another. If we're being held accountable by one another. Man, God's going to do more in your life than you ever thought was imaginable. But until you surrender that and realize, hey, I belong here. This is my identity I am a child of God. Amen? I'm a child of the living king. It's not where you are or where you go. It's who you are. Amen? It's who you are. So many times we associate ourselves with a church instead of with a savior. And it should be about, who, who are you? I'm a child of God. And I belong to this community. I'm, I'm, I'm in this community of believers. Something I've realized too, especially planting this church, that going to church is easy. Going to church is easy. Amen? Amen. It don't cost us a thing, does it? We just got a a little bit of time. We just got to put our clothes on, show up, sing a little bit, go home. It don't cost us a thing. But living on mission for Christ takes a lot of effort. Living on mission for Christ, being a part of the spiritual house takes a commitment 
takes a desire like no other. That's what, it, and, and so many people are, are, are just okay with just showing up to church when that's not what God has planned for your life. That's not what he's purposed you for. Not to be a consumer, but to participate, to be in this. So what are you this morning? Are you allowing God to mold you so he can use you? I've realized this last couple of weeks that, I, that there's no way that I nor Dallas can preach good enough to make anybody want to do anything. There's nothing we can do to make this church grow like we want it to. It's all about the Holy Spirit. It's all about God. Nobody knows your heart better than you do. So ask yourself, am I allowing God to mold me so I can be used by God? I mean, God has placed you right where he wants you to be. He's linked you with people in your life that, that can have influence on you. Are you allowing them to mold you? Are you, are you being a part of that community? Are you doing your part? Ooh, this is a tough one. Are you doing your part so other people can depend on you? Do people, do people in your small group know that they can count on you? Do people in your small group know that you love them? That, that you would do anything for them? Do they know that? Are you doing your part? Because all of us have to do our part in order to build up the spiritual house. Amen? You know, and I begin to think about all the things as a pastor that can go wrong. And as I think about things that can go wrong, it gets very depressing very fast because there's a lot of things that could go wrong. But when I rest in the fact that Jesus has called us here, guys, God's called each and every one of you here. God's called each and every one of you to be a part of this community. And the question is, do you want to embrace it? Are you going to allow yourself to belong? A lot of people say, I don't feel like I belong because you never allow yourself to belong. You put up these walls and you won't allow anybody to break them down. As I think about the church, I think about how he, how he builds people into the character of God. As we grow into him, we should, we should show the attributes of God. Amen? Therefore, the church should look like the kingdom. Amen? The church should look like the kingdom. We, the church should have the characteristics, the attributes of God. So if we look at our church, if we look at our community, if you look at a community of your small group, you need to ask yourself this week, does my small group show the attributes of Christ? Because we should be showing that every angle that people turn, they should see that in our life. As people build the church, if people see the attributes of God, people are going to gravitate to that. Nobody wants to be a part of anything that doesn't attract them. Are you attracting people to Jesus? Another thing that shows people that you belong is baptism. Baptism is an outward representation of saying, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have made that commitment. And now I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to do by symbolizing of being dipped down in the water, down with the old man, up with the new. My sins are washed. I'm new. I'm made clean. I'm walking with Christ. You're showing the world that. Baptism don't save you. I got baptized when I was a kid. I was a wet sinner going to hell. That's all I was. 
because I had never decided to follow Jesus. I had decided to be religious. Religion don't save you. Jesus does. Amen? And as I began, when I realized that in 2008, and realized it was about a relationship, not going to a service, not going to church, everything changed in my life. But I didn't, I didn't get my baptism on the right side of my salvation until about a year and a half ago. See, God's called us to show the world that we are serious. And baptism is one of those things. Some of you might have a story just like mine, that, that you were baptized when you were a kid, but your life never showed that you really were a follower of Jesus. You, you, and maybe today, you, you, you've, since that time, you have surrendered your life to Christ, but you never have gotten your baptism on the right side of your salvation. Because that's what God's called us to do. Be, be, to follow Christ and then follow with believers' baptism. That's, that's the order in which it happens. Nothing magical happens. It's just showing the world that you love Jesus. And that's what these people are going to do in just a little while. They're going to show all of us that they have decided to follow Jesus. They are serious about this. And it's our duty as the body of Christ to hold them accountable. Amen? Our duty to say, hey, I love you, brother. I, I, man, I'm so stoked that you decided to follow Jesus. I'm so happy that you are now a follower of Christ. I'm so happy that you are a sister to me now. That's what we have to do as a body of believers. You know, when I read the end in verse 7, it says, Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who don't believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and the stone that causes people to stumble and the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message. See, there's a lot of you out here that, and I'm convinced that I, I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning. I, I really wasn't thinking about closing this way, but I'm convinced that there, there's, there's people out here right now that's been playing games for a long time. There's people that have been masking, their, masking their, their emotions. They've been masking their feelings. They've been masking everything for a while. They've been telling everybody they're okay. But in reality, they've never really had a relationship with Jesus Christ. They've been following all the rules, but they've never really had Jesus in their heart. They've allowed things to happen to cause themselves to be bitter and mad at God. So they push all that stuff out. And what this scripture is telling me is that if you believe, then this stone is precious. If you believe in Jesus Christ, then he is precious to you. He means the world to you. I'm reminded of the, of the other parable of the man that found this precious stone in the field and he went back and he sold everything he had just so he could have that stone. And that's how it should be with Jesus. Is he precious to you, church? Is he the reason you wake up in the morning? Is he the reason you go and do the things you do during the day? Is he your everything? Is he precious to you? Because we have related down, we've come down to a form of Christianity where it's about going to church and not about serving a precious Savior that loves us. And I will not go on without showing him every single day that I love. 
I've lived and played those games way too long and I was unfulfilled for way too long to sit there and, and just and surrender to a form of Christianity. It is not biblical. It's not to the blueprint that God's given us. Those that love him, follow him, amen? Those that love him say, I want you more than anything. So I will walk away from this old life. I will walk away from these sins. I will want to follow you. I won't live in sin any longer, God. I want to help you help me. So if he's not precious to you, then it says that the next thing is all it does is make you stumble. And a rock that makes you fall. And you stumble because you disobey the message. And you've been wondering why all this stuff's been happening. You've been fumbling. You've been falling. There's been junk happening in your life. And you just, you're an emotional wreck a lot of the times. And you don't know what's going on. And the reason is, is you are not following Christ. You haven't surrendered your life to him. You haven't said, God, I want to belong to you. So today I want to give you the opportunity. I want to give you the opportunity. But I just want you to think of one more thing. I got a friend of mine. They were, uh, we were working together and we were laying out this building. And it was a three-story building. Man, the first story worked out perfect. They were going to the second story. And they got to the second story and the guy called and he said, hey, we got bad problems. Nothing's matching up. Nothing's working out. Everything's a mess. Can you come check it out? So we got there and we had this big meeting and we were looking at what was going on and scratching our head, trying to figure out what was going on. And then finally we realized that the foundation was set right. But when they tried to build on top of it, they started using the wrong plans. And it was wrecked. A lot of reasons our lives are a wreck is because we're building off the wrong plans, guys. My life was a wreck for a long time because I was building off the wrong plans. I was building off the plans that everybody else has set for me. I was building off a set of plans that people, a picture of Christianity that was not biblical. I wasn't reading God's word. You know, when I put together that, that crib, I was looking at the picture that I had in front of me instead of looking at the plans. And I got it all wrong. And so many of us are just looking at the picture that everybody else is painting about what following Jesus looks like. And that's all wrong. The only picture that's accurate is what's in here. Only you know your heart. And the question you got to ask yourself is, am I building on the wrong plans? Does he have my heart? Am I a follower of Christ? If that's you this morning, you say, Jeremy, I need to surrender my life. God's, God's telling me right now, I need to give him my life once and for all. Quit playing games. If that's you this morning. I just want to challenge you just to raise your hand. We want to pray for you. We want to celebrate with you. You won't believe how happy your neighbor will be. If that's you this morning, just raise your hand. good the next thing is 
None of us are perfect. And if we were all were pursuing God the way God's called us to pursue him, this place wouldn't fit the people that wanted to see how real God was, God is. So the question you have to ask yourself today is what's hindering people around me to seeing that I belong to God? What do I need God to chip off of me so he can stack another stone so I can take one step closer? What do you need to do today? Maybe today you say, I need to belong. I don't feel like I belong. Maybe you need to come and lay some burdens at this altar so you can surrender those burdens. Get that feeling of belonging back. Because you know what? Sin separates us from God. And you won't feel like you belong until you surrender. So that's what this time is for. When Andrew starts playing after I pray, the altar's open. You guys are welcome to come. If God's moving in your heart for baptism, if you're like, you know what, that's me, Jeremy, I, I, I need to get my baptism on the right side of my salvation. If that's what you need to do. When he starts singing, if you just get out of your seat, go back there at the back, Dallas is at the back. Tell him, say, Dallas, God's, God's prompted me that I need to get my baptism on the right side of my salvation. And he will talk with you. Make sure you understand. And you can get baptized right along with everyone else. We've got clothes. We've got water. We've got towels. You have no excuse. Y'all come be a part of the family. Y'all come show the world that you belong. If you hadn't already. Let's pray. Father God, we just come to you once again. Thanking you, God, for just, uh, just how much you love us. I thank you, God, for reminding me that I belong to you. I thank you, God, for the realization of your spiritual house being built in Jenkins County. I thank you for each person in this room, God, that is allowing you to mold them and shape them, God. I thank you, Father, for just, uh, Lord, for how you chisel away things that don't need to be there. But God, I just pray that you would allow us all to surrender right now. God, let us surrender our will, surrender our pride. God, surrender anything that's hindering us from coming before you right now. And just, just saying, God, just do something in my life. God, just mold me. God, remove things in our hearts right now that are unacceptable, Lord. God, move things, just remove things in our heart right now, God, that are not pleasing to you. Reveal them to us, Lord. God, I pray that you play back our actions from last week, even from this morning. If there's things that, that, that we do repetitively that does not please you, then God, show us that so that we can come before you, God, and leave here unbound by these things, God. Lord, I know that you desire a pure church. I know you desire holy people. Your word says that we are a holy priesthood, Lord. God, help us, Lord. Take those steps so that we are your people and we are holy before you, God. Move in our hearts, Lord, like only you can do. Allow us to leave here different. Please, God, we beg you. In your name we pray. Amen.